welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. So good to have you here joining us again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, this is our first one yep. back after the New Year. Uh, I'm here with Pastor Josh Slaughterback. I'm Craig Stevens. Good to see you. Uh, we're continuing our series here, looking at different faiths that yep. uh, are in our area, that we interact with as Christians, and mm-hmm. sort of the differences between these. Mm-hmm. And so we did... Part one, you did part one did. on Jehovah's Witnesses. Part one, yes. And we felt like we had more to talk about, more yeah. to cover. Yep. And so we're back here for, for part two on Jehovah's Witnesses. So yep. uh, let's dive into it. Let's talk a little bit about sure. more about the differences between our faith and the Jehovah's Witness faith. Yeah, just to kind of, you know, if you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it, obviously, because this is a part two. But to recap it a little bit, um, we talked about just, you know, I would say surface level, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what Jehovah's Witness uh, believe, and we skimmed over it. This is kind of what we believe, and this is how you can interact with them, and especially if you have a friend that's Jehovah's Witness or they come knocking on your door, um, here's how you can talk to them. Um, and and so we shared a little bit about that, and then my encouragement to to everyone listening was, hey, study these things, but also just love on these people love on each other, you know, and, and open up God's word together. That was like the big takeaway. Um, ask about Jesus and open up God's word together because there are a lot of similarities, right? We're, we're essentially from the grassroots of it going off the same Bible. Um, but we're going to dive in today a little bit more into the history of Jehovah's witness. And as you get deeper into that same Bible, quote unquote, um, you'll start to notice there are actually a lot of small but major differences. Um, And so just kind of to dive right at the beginning, into the beginning here with their history, um, Jehovah's Witness, they started out in Pennsylvania, actually, in the year 1870. Mm -hmm. And it was a Bible class, like an actual Bible class, led by the guy named Charles Taze Russell. Now, the group, they called themselves the Millennial Dawn Bible Study. Also cool. It is actually a pretty cool name. <laughs> and those that followed him were called his Bible students. Cool. Go figure. Um, Charles T. Russell began writing a series of books called The Millennial Dawn. And so most Jehovah's Witnesses will, would be very familiar with, with, with that book or those books. There's a series of them. Um, it's about six volumes um, before his death. And a lot of the theology that Jehovah's Witness follow today are found in those books. Hmm. Um, that's what they, they, they hold true to for the most like, part. Were these like commentaries or like Bible study kind of books? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could call them a commentary. Okay. Um, he's taking scripture and he's developing a theology based on it. Okay. Um, and so then they take a lot of the theology he had in those books and it's become what we see today in Jehovah's okay. Witness. Um, the Watchtower and Watchtower Bible and Tract Society was founded in 1886. Now that's like the governing body of Jehovah's Witness, um, and they became like the vehicle in which the Millennial Dawn movement, named after the Millennial Dawn Bible study, uh, started to begin, and they distributed the views of Jehovah's Witness. Now, those group members, um, they were called Russellites, okay. named after his last name, Charles Russell. Um, after his death in 1916, uh, Judge J.F. Rutherford, and I'm reading this because this is hard to remember all this, um, his successor, Russell's successor, he wrote a seventh volume okay. to the Millennial Dawn series called The Finished Mystery. That came out in 1917. Now, the organization started to split from that because sure. there was some controversy and his was is it entirely in line with the original, the original Russellites 
they called themselves. And so there was a bit of a split there. But those who followed Rutherford, the new leader, they're the ones that really started to begin calling themselves Jehovah's Witness. All right. So that's why Jehovah's Witness has those seven volumes, and they, they adhere mostly to the last, the finished mystery. And that's where a lot of Jehovah's Witness the, as a religion came to be. All right. So do we know what happened to the Russellites? Did they stick around or they're just... There, really. There is, from what I understand, a small sect of people within Jehovah's Witness that do follow those, uh, hmm. what they might call original faith or original beliefs. Um, but from what it sounds like, it is a very small number. So most right? people would consider that seventh book mm-hmm. as part of what they believe. Yes. Part, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And so just kind of, again, a refresher, but also to dive a little bit deeper, what do uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe or what might might defer? We talked about it briefly. Um, they, they don't uh, believe in the deity of Christ, meaning that Jesus is God, like we would believe. Um, they believe he's a God. They believe he is the archangel Michael. The archangel or Michael. Or an angel of some sort. Okay. Um, they don't, so they don't believe in his deity, obviously. And then that also raises a lot of differences in salvation. Okay. Right? Because if Jesus wasn't God, that, that changes things um, as far as what they believe salvation-wise. Then that also means they don't believe uh, in the Trinity. Sure. Now, as, as Christians, we believe in the Trinity, that Jesus is God and that Jesus is the Holy Spirit, that they are each other, but they're, they are, they are right. unique. The Holy Spirit is God. You mean not Jesus is the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Holy yeah, Spirit yeah, is yeah, God, yeah. and that they are unique yeah. personalities. Yeah. Right. Um. Thank you for that. Yeah. And they don't adhere to the Trinity. Obviously, so they don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe in the Trinity, and that also leads to deferring views on how uh, on the Holy Spirit in general. Interesting. Um. And so they believe that Jesus again, um, is Michael the Archangel, the highest created being. Um, and they look at John one, which we'll bring up a little bit later mm-hmm. to back that up. Now, what I really want to talk about today with most of our time is their translation of the Bible. Okay. Because where I think a lot of this goes is as it should back to the Bible, sure, back to scripture. And if we're pulling all our theology from the Bible and they're pulling all their theology from the Bible, hey. something's off. Right, something sharpens iron. Yeah, man. there's Let's get something. Down to the truth. Let's all look at. There's it. something different, and that's why my encouragement was, hey, open up the Bible together. Yeah, right. Because for the most part, in most verses, you're gonna you're gonna find a lot that you can agree with, but then you'll notice when you're trying to prove that Jesus is God, for example, you're gonna open up to those verses that you know that are very clear in the Christian Bible, talking about the deity of Christ, and you'll open it up in their Bible. And you'll notice there's a few differences. There's a few changes there that would suggest that Jesus isn't God okay. per se. So that's why we're going to talk about their translation that they're using, Jehovah's Witness translation. So tell me, what translation do Jehovah's Witnesses use? They use what's called the New World Translation. The New World Translation. Okay. Yes. The Can New I find World that in my Bible app? Um, I, the U version Bible app. Yeah, I actually don't know. Can I check? That's, that's I don't a great question. Well, I'll check after. I don't have my phone on me either. Oh, man. That, that's actually that's actually a good question. All right. You can go to their website. They have it on there. They also have a, a an app. Okay. That I've checked out. Um, I have some Jehovah's Witness, as I mentioned last time, that visited my house from time to time, and they gave me the their app. They showed me where the app was. They gave me some tracks and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny because I, I read through the track. And I'm like, man, I 
I think I agree with everything that's on here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. They're Jehovah's witness. So I'm like trying to find things that we disagree with. Um, but I'm like, no, this like the things that they do talk about on that, on the one that they gave me, um, I would agree with. Um, and so that's why it's understanding their translation of the Bible is so important because you'll actually start to see a lot of the theology that they believe that they're not always the most upfront about. And that's not necessarily intentional. We're not like, when we're evangelizing, we're not saying, okay, this is what we believe. This is our theology. You know, we're just talking about telling them about Jesus. Sure. Right. So the new world translation, um, the Jehovah's witness website, which is the watchtower society. They describe, they, they describe their translation as a translation of the Holy scriptures made directly from Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek into modern day English by a committee of anointed witnesses of Jehovah. Okay. So at face value, that sounds, that sounds okay, right? Because that's what, that's our translation, right? Yeah. We take it straight from the Greek. Those are the three languages that the Bible is written in, Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. Sure. And we, we take, we have a group of people, uh, scholars, um, you know, Bible teachers, seminary professors, they all, they have, there's a group that's assembled. They, they know the original languages and they translate it, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so that's what they're saying they do here, but the the red flag in this to me is a committee of anointed witnesses of Jehovah. Okay. Um, so they they have this committee that was formed to do this translation. No one knows who they are. Ah, uh, okay. It's an anonymous committee. Now their claim is that it's to maintain that the credit goes back to God. Ah, uh, okay. They claim they claim that anonymity um, for the sake of being giving God the glory, but this raises some concerns from someone who's going to want and seek to understand where right. they're getting their views from and their translation from. How do I know who these people are? And it's hard to uncover if your really goal is to uncover the truth. Mm-hmm. It's hard to uncover the truth if you can't go back and see who these people are and the decisions they made. Mm-hmm. Right? Because every translation requires decisions, theological interpretations, yep. and decisions on yep. what words we choose. And so it helps if you know who the person is or their background or where they came from. Even mm-hmm. modern day translations of our Bible, like the ESV or yep. um, what's the new one, the the Baptist one. You like there's like the seminary professors know. right there. You yeah, know? and you can like know where they come from and you could even meet those people and ask them, Hey, why'd you choose this one? A lot of these Bibles even include reasons why they chose the words that they yep. chose. Okay. Yeah. Yo. So that's a little bit, a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. If you're going to cover, it's hard to get to the truth if you're covering that or, or not, not releasing that information. Yeah. And and like you're saying, we have the ESV, the English standard version that we'd, we'd predominantly use now. Um, we use it here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of translations are, are great, but all of which have a long list of the people that, were part of the translation of it. And the the ESV was strictly done to just bring essentially the new King James into a little bit more of a modern English. Sure. That was really the intent behind it. Um, maybe help make it a little bit easier to understand, but they're always trying to hold true as much as possible to the original Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. So and, these, and our modern translations, our modern translations are built on decades, yeah. generations of yep. translations and scholarly work. It's yep. not one group making this decision. They're building yep. on a ton of people from a long and time. And we have a lot of original manuscripts still to this day, which is a miracle in itself. If you're, you're studying apologetics, that's a huge thing to look into. Original man- manuscripts of the Bible that we translate directly off of. 
Yeah. So there's not a lot of uh, mystery, but we're, we're seeking to understand what the, the scriptures are communicating and then making sure it's communicated in English in a way that adheres back to exactly what the original writer sure. being ultimately God is trying to communicate to us. And so it's a big deal. We need to know who's translating these these things because we need to know that we can yes. we can trust them and that okay, is is your translation going to have yeah. some backing, some meaning, some authority with it? I don't want to say for me it's more important to know that that information is out there mm-hmm. rather than actually know. Cuz if you ask me who all the translators were on the ESV that I read, I, I'd say, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know of them. But the yeah. fact that like I could, that means a lot to me, you mm-hmm. know, and and so I get where you're coming from. So the concern in my mind too, to go off that, is, you know, we ha- they had developed a lot of theology based off of these original books that the Russellites or, or uh, Professor yeah, Russell sure, wrote. Sure. So they 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 studied the original Bible, assuming that you know is a translation that we use as well. Then they developed some theology based off these other writings, and then now they're going back and making a translation that it sounds like adheres more to their already developed theology than the original manuscripts. Well, it's now, definitely been informed by their theology. Yes. Right? I mean, that's, if you read a, if you read a commentary or a theology or a certain view before you read the Bible, like that's definitely going to inform the choices you make. hundred yes. percent. And none yeah. of us live in a vacuum, but um, yeah, that's, it's hard to, hard to maintain that in a balanced way. Mm-hmm. You think, I don't know. Yeah. Tough, so I'm going to give question. you some examples to, yeah. as to why my, I start to think that way. Um, so just a few examples. New World Translation renders the the Greek term word staros or cross as torture stake. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus was crucified on a cross. So here's a perfect example. Staros, the Greek term, it means cross. Like that's in, in, in our English what it would be to, uh, um, translated as. Sure. But in their version, it reads torture stake. And, it's, right. and so you start to wonder, okay, is that the actual meaning of the Greek word in our modern day English, like, is that a good translation or did they just not believe that he died on the cross? And so therefore their translation now they translate it to torture stake instead. Wow. Is that a significant belief in Jehovah's witness that yeah. he died on a torture stake and not a cross? It is not a, yeah, it is not a cross. Um, that's just, you know, a minor change, but it does go along the lines of what they, they believe. Sure. Um, they also don't translate the words Sheol, Hades, Gehenna, um, Tarturus. Tarturus, yep, as hell, because Jehovah's Witnesses, their, their belief on hell is a little different from ours. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's different theology on that, that they adhere to. Um, they believe people that, uh, you very well will die. You might, you might, um, spend eternal life here on this new earth or you might be one of the lucky 144,000 that they believe is a literal number. We talked about this in part one that will get to be in heaven in the presence of God that will help rule the earth, the heavenly kingdom. Um, and then there's also the belief that some may just die and that's it. Yeah. Um, but you have to just kind of have hope that you'll be resurrected because God could resurrect you. That's my, my understanding of the Jehovah's witness theology. Do you, you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm learning a lot here. Um, I listened to your first podcast, uh, <laughs> so you're welcome. Welcome for that listen, Thank that you. count. Welcome uh, for that view. view. Yeah, Appreciate welcome that. that view. Yeah, did you uh, like it? I did you like it. it. Oh, I liked okay, it. Uh, no, I so actually I'm, clicked the like button. Oh, no, I didn't do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, All right, then. I don't maybe. really care about your view anymore. We'll see how this one goes. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, and uh, so I'm learning a lot here. But just from what you've said and the little bit of looking into and research I've done, um, it's interesting. But it just, I mean, it just kind of comes back again and again that we're talking at something that is at such a high level, mm-hmm. right? The differences between Bible translations. Mm-hmm. And even in our church here at City Rev, we have people who use all kinds of different translations of the Bible yeah. every Sunday. And so to say, you know, hey, they just use a different translation of the Bible, at face value doesn't seem like that big of a deal to mm-hmm. me. Uh, but what you're saying is this is a significantly different translation of the Bible that changes the meanings of some mm-hmm. doctrine. And so you would come into question of how they did the process of translation. Yeah. Right. So it wouldn't be a big deal if you read the ESV and I read the NIV. That wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yep. But if you're reading the New World Translation, you're going to come across with very different beliefs about the afterlife, about Jesus, his death, and his nature than I would. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's and, and a few other minor examples. And then there's one big one I want to share. Um, it, they translate presence uh, or they give the translation to presence instead of coming for mm-hmm. the Greek word para. Perusia? Perusia. Is that how you pronounce it? Perusia? That's how I pronounce it. Perusia? I don't know that I've heard it like that. That's yeah. kind of a cool word, Perusia. That's the English translation. Um, because Jehovah's Witness believe that that Christ has already returned. Mm-hmm. Now that that also is a, um, you know, I don't know how many Jehovah's Witnesses adhere to that belief, but there is a belief out there that Jesus did return in the early 1900s, that the end days started at the end of the 1800s and then into the early 1900s all authority was given over to Jesus at that point in time. He returned the, to earth in the 1900s? No, that all authority in heaven was given to him in 1914 is the year that they believe all authority gave to him, was given to him, which it was about three months after the First World War started. Okay. Um, there's some verses in Revelation that they believe communicate those exact dates. So he returned in a way that we didn't see... No, yeah, he didn't come out. physically back, but he was given all authority. And then they, and they that is what they're talking about. That's what they believe is being yes. talked about when they talk about the return of Christ. Yeah, they're interesting. Well, they also they they believe that um, you know, certain people who could have that revelation could understand what was happening at the time. So they they knew Jesus was being given authority, and they had a deeper understanding of the times than those that wouldn't have that that special ability, so to speak. Okay. So deep understanding the times, like seeing all the war in the world and all the sure trials. I, I, I imagine. And I imagine that must've been a very difficult time for most people on yeah, earth. Scary. I mean, you had world war one, you had, um, the, the flu, mm-hmm. which was a deadly pandemic. Um, they had world war two. They had the great depression before world war two, right? No, after world war two hard, hard times. That's man. a lot. Hard times. Great depression was four. Yeah. Hard That's times. a lot to go through. Hard times. Um, and so there, yeah, there's a lot in their belief about Jesus returning nowadays. They, in hindsight, they say they think that there's some things that, you know, they might not have gotten right entirely. They believe that there's still a full blown second coming of Christ, I believe. Um, but that this time in 1914 was that moment in which Jesus was given all authority. If Jesus gained all authority in heaven on earth Mm -hmm. in the early 1900s, why did all this bad stuff happen then? Wouldn't things get better? Because they once believe he... once he was given all authority, Satan and the demons were cast down into earth. Gotcha. Which to me raises a few more questions. Sure. You know, what about all the this pain, sickness, and wars prior to World War One? Sure. Um, you know, I guess that's just the result of sin. But then, 
you know, it just raises more and more questions um, yeah. to me. I don't want to go down that, that rabbit hole, but it kind of puts you in the spot where logically, if the demons and Satan were released in the early 1900s, then, then the world would be a worse place. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I would think logically. I would think so. And so then you're kind of judging history. Has the world been a worse place in the last 120 years than it had been the previous thousands of years? Yeah. Um, that's that's hard to hard to judge, hard to make that case. Yeah. I mean, none of us were there, but uh, history shows that there have been really, really trying times since Jesus yeah. left this earth. Yeah. Right. Um, so there, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they believe that. They take a lot of things in Revelation literally that we would take more. Uh, we wouldn't take so literally. Sure. Um, but the biggest, here's one of the bigger translation differences that uh, shows just how much a little minor change communicates something completely different. Yes. Um, in John 1, 1, uh, it's in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Yes. Right? Well, the New World Translation, they talk about, the, the way they write that is the word was a God mm. rather than the word was God. And this is, this is a verse that a lot of people point to um, sure. in this conversation with Jehovah's Witness and Christianity. I'm sure it comes up a lot. A lot. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's a matter of, uh, okay, what's going on here with the translation? What's the original Greek say? Um, in the Greek, there's no indefinite articles, right? So a, and that doesn't exist in Greek. And so when you do see a or an, in our, let's say our translation, ESV sure. or NIV or New King James or whatever translation we're using, they're inserting A or N for grammatic gramma, uh, grammar reasons, okay. right? So that way we in our modern day English can read it and understand. And so when you're translating, you're, uh, the, the translators, they're mindful of when they include a word that didn't exist in Greek because they, they want to make sure it doesn't change the original intent of the author or mm-hmm. of what God's intended and purpose was for his scriptures. And so here in this case, they include an A, but it very clearly changes the context or the meaning yeah, of this verse. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Yeah. The word was God versus the word was a God. It right, changes. And this is about Jesus, right? The word was God. Jesus. Yeah. And, and his, his deity, right? Um, and so this is just one major example too, where there's a minor change in the scripture that results in a major theological difference. Um, because Jesus being God or not being God, that has a lot of consequences uh, when it comes to your theology. That changes a lot of things. It does. And it, and the part that's hard for me, um, and I think would be hard for, uh, most people out there Mm -hmm. is that we're not Greek scholars, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of trust that we all put into the, our translations of the Bible. And so if I grew up in a Jehovah's Witness church and faith mm-hmm. and family, and they told me, hey, this is the true translation. And it says Jesus was a God, not mm-hmm. the God. And then, you know, I grew up maybe in a different kind of church, like our church, where we told you, no, 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 this is the true translation. It says Jesus is God. And, you know, the word was God. Yeah. Um, it's just at such a high level where I, I think for us, like as an everyday believer, what is the expectation for us? I don't think the Lord expects every person who follows him to be a Greek scholar. I don't think that's mm-hmm. that's the case, right? So kind of when you get down to it, how how do you build faith or how do you feel like, 
okay, I, I've got to choose almost which camp to go with. Yeah. The, am I going to choose the the Protestant Christian view of mm-hmm. Jesus, or I'm going to choose the Jehovah's Witness Watchtower view of Jesus and their interpretation of Scripture? How sure. how would you navigate that? What would kind of lean the tip the scales? Yeah, that's that's a challenge. Um, you know, we can look at this uh, very matter of factly as much as we want. But the reality is just that, you know, there's so much emotion involved. There's so much um, of our upbringing that plays into it. And to set that aside and say, all right, what, let's just look at the facts. What, what, where did I get this? What you're really doing is asking yourself the question, why do I believe what I believe? Right. And that's a very hard question for anyone to ask themselves. And I think at some point in our walk with God or our walk in life, we have to stop and ask that question. And the reality is too, as, as, and, and I think we can uh, attest to this, you, we do it often, right? We're like, okay, wait, 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 why do I hold that belief? Why do I believe what I believe in this specific area of my life or in this, or in this, uh, the way I operate in this yeah. sphere of my life? Like what, what am I doing here? Why do I believe what I believe? Um, I think it's a question that's hard to ask, but it's one we must ask and yeah. we must challenge um, even what we were taught in our upbringing, because we want to know the truth and that's what we're after. And, and, yeah. and Jesus says very plainly, very clearly, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the father except through me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, it comes down to a lot too, as I'm thinking more about it is you have to trust in authority. Yeah. Like all of us do. We yeah. all have to trust. That's like good. none of us have received this faith or this Bible by ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We trusted that someone faithfully translated these scriptures for us at some yeah. point. And I guess as if I'm thinking, if I grew up a, of a, a, in a Jehovah's Witness household and my family, you know, believed in this and this is how I grew up and was raised, and I believe too, um, I would have a lot of trust in this authority and kind of this idea that these were anointed, godly, faithful people. They probably mm-hmm. were very, very godly people who tried to translate this mm-hmm. uh, scripture. But it would require more faith, mm. greater faith, to then trust that this small group was right about significant differences mm-hmm. in the Christian faith as opposed to what we might consider like mainstream Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm, there's, there's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds with a lot of different theological views who translate the Bible today and translate it in a way that proves or shows that Jesus is God. Mm. And there are very few groups like the Watchtower and these groups that translate in a way that say Jesus is a God. And so I guess for me, a lot of it comes down to, I mean, kind of like numbers in a way, right? You're you're Mm -hmm. trusting one smaller body as opposed to multiple bigger bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it is a decision. It is a decision of trust Mm -hmm. and faith that you're putting your faith in Mm-hmm. in your translators. Yeah, and, and my encouragement to anyone listening would be to uh, to make that decision. Don't just kind of adhere to and go with what you've always been taught. Yeah. Um, and I say that to Jehovah's Witness and Christians. Yeah. Like, don't just walk in the way that you might have been taught. You need to make your parents' faith your own or that person you love and respect and, and, and follow after You've got to make that person's faith your own. You've got to ask these questions, the hard questions, to make sure you've got the truth. Um, because the reality is, right after 
Jesus talks about him being the way, the truth, and the life. Him being the truth, he says the truth will set you free. Yeah. There is such freedom found in finding yeah. the truth. And if we're if we're pursuing the truth together in a way that is kind and respectful, then yeah. that doesn't have to be a yeah. scary thing. It doesn't Absolutely. even have to be a dividing thing, right? Yep. Like we're not you and I aren't here to try to tear down Jehovah's no, Witnesses. Like we there are godly, loving people mm-hmm. in our lives who believe this. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all trying to seek God. We're trying to follow after Jesus and we're trying to seek the truth mm-hmm. together. Yep. But let's ask those questions. Let's yep. let's try to get to the bottom of this as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And God gives grace. He knows that we can't answer every question, that our faith is our, our knowledge is limited. Our faith doesn't depend on us knowing everything, yeah. but we can at least try to get to the truth as best we know how and worship God as best we know how, yeah. you know, follow him and, and let him guide us in it. So I think it's, I think it's a worthy cause. And I think it's one that with the right attitude and with the right behavior, we can do together in a way mm-hmm. that's respectful and kind. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're only here talking about this because we've asked these questions before. We, yeah. we, we said, okay, why do I believe what I believe? Yeah. Is this what I believe? Should this be what I believe? And, and so that's exactly right. We're just, we're pursuing the truth like everybody else. And we believe we found it. And so we're just sharing. We'd be bad pastors if we were yeah. like, no, believe whatever you want to believe. You know, it all leads back to God. Well, no, that's that's not true. No, that's not I, the truth. Yeah, I think every every Christian, every person should go on some sort of journey of discovery of spiritual truth of yeah. what they believe is true about yep. God and about Jesus. Uh, but the hard part is, again, you can't do the whole thing alone, right? You're going to mm-hmm. have to, you're going to be guided by someone. You're going to have to make decisions on who you trust and mm-hmm. whose authority you go with. But you can, you can ask those questions at least and try to get, yeah. you know, dig a little bit deeper rather than just the, you know, the, the person, you know, or the, the, the place you were born deciding yeah. your beliefs. And this is what Paul encouraged Timothy to do. I'll kind of, uh, send us off with this, a uh, uh, final verse for everyone listening. Um, Paul says this in 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. My encouragement to everyone listening, just just endeavor in your life to do just this, rightly handle the word of truth, and do your absolute best to present yourself to God as one approved. Seek the truth. Um, We say study God's word, not read God's word for a reason. You've got to study it. When you approach something to study, you you walk in already assuming you don't know what you're about to study. Sure. And that it's going to take work and to understand it, right? Approach God's word like that. Like, hey, I want to understand how this whole translation thing works. I don't need to know Greek. I don't need to learn Hebrew. But let me understand uh, what how I got the Bible that I'm reading today. I want to understand and know that I can believe that this is actually what was written back in that day. All yeah. right, now let me read it and study it and learn what it's saying and try to understand it so that way I can live based off of the actual scriptures that yeah. God, that we believe yeah. God gave humanity. I think that's good. I think we have sufficiently nerded out about the Bible <laughs> and about maybe there'll be a part three. Who knows? Maybe there'll be more to talk about, know. but it's it's been good. Uh, this has been the City Rev Life podcast. We have new episodes out every Wednesday. Wednesday at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. So 8 go ahead, click subscribe, uh, watch us on YouTube or wherever you find your podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our CityRev Church app and follow us on social media. 
Thank you so much and have a great day.